Hi, what's up, Chalkers? Welcome to the Let's Chalk About It podcast. If you're new to fitness or just want to hang with some like-minded fitness folk, then this is the place for you. Remember, it's always good to chalk about it. Hello and welcome to another podcast of Let's Chalk About It. Let's try that one again. Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk About It podcast, where I am joined by the brainwave that is Christopher McKenzie. Thank you, mate. And a very special guest, a professional leader, so this is a first, Aaliyah Shukkeva. Is that correct? Uh, Shukkeva. Shukkeva. Hello. You had one job, Kieran. I know. I knew I'd get it wrong. I knew I'd get it wrong. I told you I would. So, how is everybody? All is good. I'm really pleased to be on. So thank you for, for inviting me, I guess. No, thanks very much for coming on. Um, I've been following your stuff for quite a while. Um, and then I just reached out on the off chance that you may read your Instagrams with looking at how many followers you've got. And uh, thank you for getting back in contact with us. No problem. Gosh, it's uh, a few kind of messages really stand out and you just think, you know what, let's do it. I mean, I'm not the most reliable with my Instagram DMs, but I really do try to get sort of through as many as possible. So yeah, you're definitely stood out and you're very polite and you asked in the right way. So I was like, I have to, let's do it. Let's do it. I appreciate that. So how many records do you currently hold in eating? Um, official Guinness World Records, I hold officially 24. So I've broken 24 and I hold 21 individual records. 24 records. Holy moly. I broke, I broke 24 because I've broken my own records as well from the past. So I've actually broken 24 world records in total, but then 21 is like my current titles, I guess, that I hold. Oh yeah, right. So what's the, uh, what's the most recent one? You're testing me now. The most recent was, I think it was Guinness World Record Day, which was the 18th of November. I broke the world record for the most, no, the fastest time to eat 15 Ferrero Rochers. And I think it took me like two minutes and one second, beating the previous time by like 25 seconds or something like that. How many was it? Uh, you have to eat 15 in the fastest time, but everyone's like, oh, it's so easy. It's not. You can't drink any water and right. you have to unwrap them as you go so it's actually really quite difficult right. i don't know you can't drink water with that one it's very with guinness world records it gets very like nitty-gritty like some you can't drink any water or have any liquid some you have to have it in the container before the timer starts i mean you have to have it in the container before the timer starts the timer goes on then you unwrap so yeah it gets very tricky very technical it's yeah, all professional right. Ian's like. There's all these little tiny rules you've got to stick to. Um, not necessarily. With competitive eating as a whole, the idea is just you go to a place and you eat the food in an amount of time and you win. Um, get the food free, win a prize, win some money, or get a new record. With Guinness World Records, it's a whole other kettle of fish where you have to abide by the guidelines and the rules, and it's they're really difficult and time consuming. And that is why many people don't even bother when it comes to right. it. I think yeah. I um, I was watching one of yours. I don't know, was it a Guinness record? The um, jam donuts? Oh, yeah. Yes, it was. Where they have to measure, you have to measure each donut to make sure that they were a specific size. Right. So on the guidelines, that you, you do receive guidelines. So the process is basically this. You will um, find the record that you want to do online on the website. It's a huge database. You then have to apply for it. So you have to fill out an application form and tell Guinness World Records why you want to break that record. And I just tend to put the same kind of thing. I want to be in the book. It would really make my life. Please help me get there. And um yeah, you fill out this, this um, you basically sign your life away to them, say that they can use your footage and your image and they can use it for promotions and things like that. And then after like five to seven days, you get an email confirmation to say, yes, we've read your application, we've approved it. 
here are the guidelines. So you log back on, you've got a profile on their website, they give you the guidelines and you just have a read through them. And they basically structure exactly what they need. So there is a slow-mo camera, main view, side view camera, a running photo. So you need photos of kind of every few seconds of the attempt. You need a timekeeper, a witness, and somebody to monitor the cameras. So you do have to kind of have a team around you to manage everything. Now, if it wasn't in like lockdown situations, you can't have anybody that's sort of family members, anyone partial. So everybody that you have around you has to be impartial. You need people that have some sort of experience with like timekeeping. You need somebody that used to be a referee or something like that so that they or like a PT or a trainer or something that has some kind of credible background in keeping the time. So everything is very structured to keep it as level playing field as possible. And then with the food, you do often have to buy a certain brand, buy a certain weight, certain measurements, or it has to feature a certain ingredient or a certain amount of ingredients. And that really is just to keep it exactly the same, irrespective of the country that you're in, so that it's fair, I guess. I can see why a lot of people don't do it. It's insane. I don't know. I think the... The first, I don't even know how I got into it. The, the first record was offered to me to do, to attempt on a TV show. And I did it and I broke the record and I was on a massive high and I thought, this is great. I need to do some more. Um, another TV show approached me and asked me if I wanted to break more and I wasn't very sure. Then Guinness World Records asked me if I'd be interested to do a photo shoot with them and attempt records on the shoot. I went there and I broke more records and it kind of just snowballed a little bit I kept being offered these opportunities and I took them and then it was kind of left to me in lockdown they they changed the restrictions a little bit with uh, Guinness World Records where your family members could help you to record so I thought this is awesome I've got time I'm at home my family are at home this is great and so we spent maybe one day a week breaking two to three records and we racked up like 15 records during lockdown wow <laughs> crazy <laughs> yeah i worked on my tanning during lockdown 15 records yeah. that's insane yeah. but it's i mean it's great it's great but it's extremely nerve-wracking and time-consuming yeah because you sort of want to be in i mean if you like even when you're eating in general let alone try and like challenge you, you sort of want to not have too much stress because you sort of want to be relaxed so like you can eat. I mean, everyone's sort of been stressed and think, oh, I don't feel like eating. So how do you manage the, this wasn't even one of my questions, uh, how do you manage um, like the stress of, on the day or the challenge and then, then you're trying to, you know, shove your face full of food? Not very well. Right. Really not very well. I do, I do struggle with like, I guess I have like a level of self-doubt before I go into anything. And I do, I'm very difficult on myself, very, very hard. And I do have like a certain standard and I might, and in the past I've broken records where I have broken the record, but still not been happy with my performance. Right. And even though you've broken the record, there's still things that you could have done. So I guess it's just that practice helps always practice. You've got an idea of like the texture and, how fast the time goes and things like that. Um, and obviously give you a good idea and some confidence that you can do it like in your practice run. Um, and I guess the second thing is to breathe. You'll notice that before every challenge that I do, I take three deep breaths and right. I think that really helps the prep. It kind of loosens you off. So yeah, it's like an old technique, isn't it? Just, you know, just keep breathing, keep settling yourself. Clear your mind, deep breaths, and then just go for it. Brilliant. So you said you can't really remember how you got into it, as in how you started doing the records, apart from there was a TV show invite. Um, how did you work out to start with that you could eat this amount of food in general? Oh, so if we're talking about competitive eating, I know how I got into that. Oh, it's, okay, yeah, no, look, yeah, let's come right. But I don't, I don't want to bore you. It's a bit of a long story. Um, to give you a bit of background about kind of me and my my life, I guess. I grew up like an overweight kid. I grew up being able to eat a lot of food. Um, my mum was a chef. My dad was a farmer. We like off, My mum's Latin American also. Our life kind of surrounded around food. And we were happy, we ate, and we were sad, we ate. And 
somebody dies, we eat, you know, it's just one of those things. So I grew up around food, around feeders, around food being kind of focal point of every celebration or, you know, so that was kind of like my background growing up. I then wanted, I was bullied at school. I had like a bit of a, not a very fond memory of school. I was a good student, but I was not treated very nicely, I guess. And I was very, I was made very conscious of the fact that I was entirely unfanciable and just, I was just that chubby, nice girl, I guess, at school. Um, And I wanted to be skinny so desperately, but back then we didn't have Instagram, we didn't have YouTube, we didn't have Facebook. And it was just a case of what you saw is what you knew about dieting and nutrition. And all I saw was yo-yo dieters and the papers writing about size zero, which was really in back then. And so my concept was, okay, to lose weight and be like these girls, I need to eat less and eat specifically these diet foods. So my examples weren't very educated and they weren't very um, (laughs) informative, I guess. Um, And I was still very young. We're talking, I started dieting when I was 11 years old and I dieted. Yeah, it's pretty shocking now. And I dieted right up. And I say dieted because I'm not, um, I'm not an advocate of diets. I'm just an advocate of like a healthy lifestyle or or better choices at least. Um, And so when I dieted, I was doing this for years and it was years and years and years, very active, very sporty, but I ate I could eat so much food that if I went and played rugby, I would be straight. Like my calorie intake would just go straight up because my body's obviously wanting the carbs and wanting the sugars and wanting refueling. So if you're just working off your your human senses, the diet goes goes out the window like entirely. So um, I ended up being like this overweight kid yo-yo dieting for years and then I went traveling when I was 18 between college and university and I was working like five jobs I then ended up going traveling and I lost a ton of weight and I thought oh this is it so you move more and eat less you lose weight bam easy so then I was on this mission to lose a ton of weight and I lost a ton of weight and then I was too too skinny by society and I guess by my my own temperament and my own energy levels and my body was telling me that it's not happy and then it kind of came to a head when I was like 21 I started dating um, a guy that was massively into bodybuilding and he was he looking back now he was probably one of the best sort of um, chapters because he taught me so much about nutrition and training and he did everything the right way he was a natural athlete. He was somebody that was very, he was very into the science behind the eating, the science behind the training, sort of every muscle group and compounds and isolation. Like he was so into it that he got me into it. And so I learned and I read. And instead of just drip feeding me information, he gave me links to articles and he gave me like, um, publications and studies to prove that what he's telling me and what he practices is actually true so he goes he showed me a bunch of npc bikini girls and he said these girls eat this food and have these bodies and i was like okay right i need to learn to eat more and so i went from being a girl that could eat a ton of food to suppressing the ability to eat a ton of food to then having quite a conscious eating but because I was so conscious, eating a big bowl of porridge first thing in the morning was not idealistic to me. And so I really struggled. And so I had to force myself to do what's right to gain the weight that I needed to gain. So my mission was then to gain weight. And I got to a comfortable weight where I was happy. And I was prepping for a bikini show. Long story short, this was 2013. I was 23 years old. And it wasn't really a thing. You didn't really get many girls competing back then, um, especially not in bikini. And I was one of very few girls that lifted weights in the gym. And guys were like, you should probably look to doing a competition. And I said, you know what? Let's let's try. I'm pretty competitive. Let's let's do it. Um, I compete, I dieted for 16 weeks. 
During the same 16 weeks, my brother, my older brother, very close in age, but very competitive, was going to this local restaurant and taking on a food challenge. Every week for 10 weeks consecutively, he lost the challenge. That is 18 pounds a go. That's 180 pounds in 10 weeks spent on failing a challenge. So I obviously banded him because I'm British and we're siblings. What well, lad. <laughs> lad. He went with all his mates and they just all failed. It was it like one less mate each week because they just kept giving up on him? Yeah, you know what? Just he, bless him for trying. Like, I've got your determination, can you? No, no. Is mate, he still going now? <laughs> you would think so looking at him, but no, he's oh, not. Right. Yeah, My yeah, bad. yeah. Um, but we're both big eaters. He's a big eater as well. And so he considered himself like a bit of an elite eater. Um, but I bantered him for it. And he said, look, you think you can do better? You show me. And long story short, I did my show. I then went to the restaurant. I smashed his challenge. I did it in like six minutes. And I think the previous record was, you had to do it in under 20 minutes. And so the waiter was like, what? And the management were like, what? So... Then I was like, so I've got a talent here. I can do this. This is something that I'm good at. It's like, give me the challenges. But in saying that, I was very shy. I wasn't on social media. I didn't take photos or like film any of these things. And so it took me from 2013 to 2015 to pluck up the courage to actually take part in like actual contests. Then I was contacted by TV Tokyo that they used to host the world championship eating competition. They asked me to qualify for the world championships. I went and I qualified and I won the qualifier, got flown out to New York, took part in the world championships. Second year of that, I was told to start a YouTube channel. Started a YouTube channel, started a Facebook channel, and now here we are. Talking to wow, YouTube. what a story. That's yeah. unreal. That is unreal. I'm so sorry. It's like no, that's exactly that what makes you're sense. Yeah, it's like a it's a very informed story because I want people to understand that in order to get to where I am now, there's definitely been this journey. Like it's not been like a boom. I can eat all this food and I can still train and feel good and like ever so often have abs. But it's really not the case. Like it's been like years, like ten years in the making of like making a monster i guess so do you, do you get that quite a lot do you get a lot of people that just presume it's something that you can just do and you, you know you've just fallen into it and you're good at it um nobody thinks that i fell into it everybody thinks that i pursued it and also everybody thinks that i just have this miraculous metabolism which is definitely not the case like i do have like these food hangovers where i feel full for like three days after doing a food challenge that was one of our questions. Oh, is it? <laughs> we, were, we were talking before, and I, and I just said to him, I was like, how do you feel, or to Kieran, before you come on, I was, I was like, how do you feel after these challenges? Like, do you just fall for just the next day? Or how do you actually, so describe your food hangovers. How do I, describe it, I feel uncomfortable, I feel full, I feel really lethargic, but then it can really mess with my, like, core temperature. So I can yeah really really hot like my body just goes really hot so instantly my body wants to move like i'm i'm up and i'm doing stuff whether it be housework diy or just moving to a new place so it actually was really nice to do a food challenge and then I'd go outside and build like a shed like so that's the things that i do otherwise i will become the garden shed like so i need to keep moving yeah. oh, so, I, so um, yeah your metabolism goes so crazy you just get that yeah, your body temperature, that's, that's so funny. So, yeah, oh, you must feel, I can imagine you feel pretty bad the day after, but it's quite funny. Yeah, you can, it can really play with you, but as long as you know, I mean, my concept, the, the way that I think of it so that it doesn't get into my mind is that your body will reflect what you do 95% of the time. And of my seven-day week, I do one day of a challenge and the rest of the day, I live a pretty minimal, like, calorie consumed life and then I train as well so I'm active I train I eat less calories or I fast which basically means that I don't eat anything and drink a ton of water I've got a healthy lifestyle I've got a healthy body so as long as my body remains healthy it will do what it can 
to recover and then we move on. Yeah, I've seen um, one of your videos where you said that your normal diet is quite a bland. Yeah. Quite bland most of the time. Yeah. Um, when you hit those, I mean, I watched the one the other day where you did the Reese's challenge where you had the three, um, the, uh, the Reese's cereal. Yeah. Yeah. In a trifle bowl. I mean, that, A, <laughs> you needed a what, trifle bowl. What was this challenge then? What, what was it? It was three boxes of Reese's Puffs cereal with like four litres of milk, I think. Three or four litres of milk. Kieran, you said two pints of milk. Oh, well, what? Yeah, okay, I got it wrong. Four litres. <laughs> Yeah, it was like it might be two liters then. If you think two pints, yeah, it's two liters of milk then. Whoa. Yeah. It's a lot of cereal, but I find stuff like that like really enjoyable because I don't have it in my day to day. So when I can sit and eat a big bowl of cereal, it's like yum. But there's a big bowl of cereal and then there's a trifle bowl of cereal. Yeah, yeah. But in order to get so not many people, I don't think that I'm either like interesting enough to listen to or look at to just have a channel where I just eat a normal amount of food. Like I need to be able to reach that audience that want to see something circus-like and interesting. And so you do have to push the boat out. Um, and that's, I guess that's why it's just, it's just part of the game. So what's the sugar come down like though? Because obviously your normal diet is quite bland. Yeah. You have something where you're consuming a huge amount of sugar in one hit. Yeah. What does that make you feel like afterwards? I think that is the main one that tam tam tampers with my core temperature. That is the one where my, my body most struggles. And the difficulty is that I can never gauge what my body wants to do because I try to remain active, but you feel very tired. And then when you try to sleep, you kind of wake up a few times in the night, whereas I'm a solid sleeper. Like I can sleep, I can sleep. Um, but when I do challenges, my body is just not happy. And it is just the case of you've eaten too much, it feels uncomfortable, and you know, like it's it's what you get for doing silly stunts, basically. <laughs> yeah. So what's the longest it's taking you to recover from the challenge? And what was the challenge? Longest was you know what? I, I can't even pinpoint one. But the longest time is probably around four days. And when I say recover, the first night is probably the worst. After that, your body just feels like it's satiated. You don't feel you don't feel sick or like nauseous or anything, but you do feel like I'm not hungry, so I'm not going to eat. So it doesn't actually hurt me to not eat for a day or so. Um, and actually it's quite nice to just have some time off from it and just hydrate, drink loads of water, get the green teas in, make sure that you're active and you're sweating and then you're fine, you know, your body recovers. It's a very smart machine. What does your normal training look like then? What sort of things are you, uh, cause I think I, you said that you, did, you lifted quite heavy, um, on a couple of your videos. Quite heavy. Um, I probably lift heavier than, well. So I've been lifting weights for about 10 years, 11 years, 11 years, I think, almost. Um, and my goal was always to be strong, um, to get stronger and not necessarily get thinner or get a bigger butt or get like better quads. Like my goal was always improve what I did last time. So my training routine has always reflected that, but it's always changed. I can't say that I have had a like a like a five-day bro split for like the last 10 years that's not true I would jump straight from like a five-day split to like pure compounds for a week then jump onto like volume training and then I switch it up loads because I find like if I get too stagnant in what I'm doing I get bored and I lose interest and since lifting has become like a fad like in the world it, it's really put me off it I don't like doing what everybody else is doing. And I don't like feeling like I'm part of the crowd. So I just kind of jump in and do things that are going to keep my, like me on my toes. So it'll be anything from like gymnastics training. because I do a lot of like, I've, I've got a very weird body, but yeah, I do a lot of like gymnastics type stuff straight into conditioning, body weight, leg weightlifting, and then weightlifting varies from like isolation to compounds to, volume etc 
I think you just made Chris's day saying that you uh, lift for strength. Everyone just says aesthetics, but when you start to say something really purposeful like strength, yeah, that's a lot more meaningful to yeah. someone's training without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I learned that the people that I admired the most looked the way they did because they were strong. They were strong at the things that they do. Yeah. Like, I really love gymnastics body, like gymnastic, gymnastists, gymnasts, gymnasts. Word. gymnasts, gymnasts, bodies. Um, and obviously they are extremely strong, very good with like body weight exercises and things like that. So I focused in on that and then I like the NPC kind of bikini look and then I went for what they did, which is, you know, I tried not to um, be too specific because you're just bound to be disappointed, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting. It's um, it's nice to hear. Because like you say, you get a lot of this, especially now the likes of Instagram and Facebook, everything is wanting to look a certain way. You know, I want a big butt or... You know, I want abs or I want a big chest or these sort of things. So it's quite interesting to hear you, A, talk about your sort of things that you're doing, but also the fact that you're a professional eater. So you're sort of doing things that a lot of other females wouldn't even be looking at doing. Do you find that there's more and more women getting into this sort of stuff now or is it still quite a small market? Into? Is it sort of professional eating and like when you're at the... Um, I would say that it's still a small market. I still think that it is probably not the preferred way for women to be seen by men. Um, I think that a lot of women are still very conscious about about food and about eating and about um, the whole like indulgence thing, I think is, I guess, not the most appealing job. Um, but again, before this, like I was an interior designer. I studied architecture. My My life was very traditional. I would never have done this or pursued this it just so happened to happen for me and I was in the right place at the right time I was the right person with the right abilities and I just embraced it um and I think that that is that's how that works out for me um for me personally it doesn't bother me if somebody's a man or a woman like I will I compete against like everyone i i don't think it's a big issue in, in eating at all men go up against women all the time it's not like we're split in ability some of the best eaters in the world are female so yeah yeah i mean i watched you absolutely destroy Eddie hall in several videos which Boy. was just amazing to watch oh thank you i i didn't know how that was going to unfold but yeah obviously i was very i was very pleased to have come out the winner so, like technique, I watched. I mean, uh, we'll talk about something in a minute because I think you said something about um, your. I think it was the fish and chip shop, shop one you did with him, um, where you spoke about the um, a school teacher or a dinner lady making you eat something that you you didn't enjoy eating. I was talking about this recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is there anything sort of apart from that? Of the obvious one, that one. Um, yeah. Is there anything now that you just don't touch? You just like absolutely not. I am not going to eat that. I want to say yes, but I know that one day it's going to come back and I'm going to be given this like massive opportunity, but you have to eat this food and I'm going to say yes and do it. Um, there's two, chili con carne, and I, I don't eat it simply because I did too many challenges on the bounce that had it in and now the smell just makes me feel so nauseous. Um, but my mum was a chef, so she used to make a lot of like different types of foods at home and that was one of the dishes that she used to make a lot and I don't like. I never liked it as a kid, and I did too many challenges with it in, and it just now no. And the other one is Scotch eggs. I just I can't I can't get on with them. They can be there, they can exist, but not on my plate. Thank you. <laughs> Didn't you just do a, a Scotch eating challenge? Not Scotch eggs, but did you do a Burns Day one or? A... I did do a Burns Day one? Yeah, that was yeah. my video that went up on Thursday. How did that go down? I'm like, I can't tell. I, you know what, I misjudged it and like I will tip my hat because you look at a Burns Day dinner, so the haggis needs some tarties and you think, not for me, don't like it, don't like the look of it, it's not for me, but it is so tasty. Like, Thank you, haggis is tasty. It is so tasty, like I need to explain to more people, they have to embrace it 
it's it's not good for the diet, but it's really tasty. We're um, well, Scott, uh, Chris's family are you're Scottish heritage, aren't they? Oh yeah, Mackenzie, yeah. mate. <laughs> very Scottish. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. I don't like to assume these days, Chris. <laughs> Never. Uh, but so we're sort of Corby based, so quite central to um well you're right in the East Midlands, but there's a lot of Scottish people here. So like sort of Burns Day and all that sort of stuff happens quite regularly around When you say a lot, you mean ninety nine percent. Well it was. Not so much anymore. But it was No, I guess not. I guess not now. I love that. We have a huge um Irish community in Birmingham. So for us it's like St. Patrick's Day is like a big day, but but Burns Night is not really a thing over here. I not, I guess not, no. Loads of Irish in Birmingham. Yeah, so we've got an Irish I actually, I actually never knew that. You never do Burns Day, Burns Night. Oh, no, I've done Burns Night. I didn't know there was lots of Irish in Birmingham. Oh, yeah. So we've got an Irish quarter and we've got a huge Irish community. And I think that it's something around the, maybe around the industrial era. I think that's what it was. Same with Corby. All the Scottish come down during like a massive industrial sort of like breakthrough. I love that. I love that. It looks like when people keep tradition, it's great. With um, eating techniques, that's one of the things I wanted to like get onto. Was um, so how do are there techniques that people use, or is it just like go there and just sort of go for it, eat as much as you can, or is there things people do to try and improve? Like if you if you're someone that's watching this and they think, well, I'm going to go with my mate, we're going to go do an eating challenge, and I need to win. What sort of things can they actually do? I get these questions a lot via DM and I try to sort of condense it into like a very readable message. Um, I do think that with competitive eaters, we do have a certain level of ability over a normal person. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of it is mindset and it's your psychological ability to overlook certain things, especially your body telling you to stop. So you've got to be able to get over the wall, like the dreaded wall that everybody talks about. When it comes to techniques, I think people normally think that if I eat the proteins first and then the fibers, then the carbs, forget all that. The whole idea is that this is an amount of food that is going to weigh far more than you've ever eaten ever before in one go, right? People will say, oh, I've eaten that a million times. No, you haven't. It's a challenge. It's a challenge for a reason. Like it's a lot, a lot of food. Yeah. So the idea is that you need to go in being hungry. So you have to allow your body to be, your stomach needs to be empty, basically. So you need to have not eaten for, let's say, 12 to 24 hours fast. Wow. Stay hydrated. Your body's hungry. Your body's ready. Your body's empty. Awesome. Then when the food comes out, make sure that number one, you don't start with it piping hot and that it's not freezing cold when you start. So both things are very important. Third thing is make sure that you've got liquid that's not carbonated. So fizzy drinks are going to do you over. Like you need to stick with water or a flavored flat drink are normally the best. When people do food plunges and order a beer because a beer helps you eat, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. That was your dream. Like one in the morning, doesn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely not. Like it's not. It's not how it works. Um, I think people think that the beer likes to date their brain from like knowing how much they've eaten or something like that. It's not quite how it works. Um, so drink is very important. If you're doing a sweet or sugary challenge, go for a coffee, black coffee, no milk no sugar that black coffee is going to help you cut the sugar as well like the typical things if you're doing anything um very bland and very fried lemon help that acidity helps cut the flavor because with bland food you get flavor fatigue far quicker but i guess one of the most important things is don't psych yourself out and i know it's very simple but if you go in and you go i'm not going to be able to do that then you're not going to be able to do it the same with lifting a weight if you doubt yourself you're not gonna be able to lift it. You've got to get under it, get a feel for it, and then just go for it. And that's just that is just it. Um, same as eating. Same as eating. Well, it's the same as eating a big meal. All right. And, yeah, and then I guess finally, it's about being hungry for the win, like wanting to win. Like that will fuel your abilities too. And then I guess, well, no, a very final point is go fast. Go fast. I am a fast eater by nature. I've always been a fast eater. 
um, I have a very weird way of my body. And so I often don't need to chew all that much to be able to swallow big amounts of food. So that for me is obviously a benefit, but go as fast as you can. Eat fast, drink little to no liquid with it, and you'll be fine. Freeze it. Easy. That was actually the best answer. I'm definitely going to write those down and watch this. Uh, watch it back. <laughs> Some challenges. I actually have to win these eating challenges if I go and do this with like Kieran or my other mates. I'm going to have to just literally do those things you just said. Yeah, I mean, if they are like top tips, I guess, but it is just from pure experience. Like I've made so many mistakes and I think that those mistakes just caused me to learn better strategy. And when it comes to the whole, like, I don't like to, there's a certain eating etiquette that I, I, I personally follow. I don't think it's a thing, though, in the eating world, but I don't like to dunk foods in water. I don't like to break things apart. I don't like to sort of decompose burgers and sort of take the meat out first, then eat the top. I like yeah. to eat it as it is, because to me, it's more of an experience for the viewer more than my eating experience. That's a great point. And you see some of them grabbing handfuls of food, squishing them for the all the liquid to come out, and then they eat it. It's like... You're not even getting the eating challenge. You're just literally mashing it so it's easier. It, yes, when you get to sort of that kind of contest level, things get really messy. And I've been part of a couple of contests. And what I'm kind of known for in the eating world is to be a clean eater. And that is because I everything that I put to my mouth goes in my mouth and not over my shoulder. And I think that's why. Right. You didn't lose a few things on the floor as you're eating, just... Don't, I have the napkins at the end when you uh, wipe your face. Just dignity yeah. goes. That's the only thing you lose uh, no, when you're in the challenges. Exactly. I mean, I've been to a couple of contests, and I think if we did one in the UK, it would be far more clean than the ones in the US. There are definitely some dodgy things going on there. Um, I heard of some, I don't know who this guy is, but there's a guy that used to take part in contests and he would wear these overalls and drop food down the front of his overalls to win the contest but he was called out so many times i'm surprised it didn't just disqualify him like after that point just pick something else to do with your life than just cheat but over, there, over there it's big money like you're winning harley davidson's you're winning houses you're winning cars over what? there it's big money yeah over here, you'd be lucky to win a T-shirt, so it's not even worthwhile cheating. Unless you really, really want that T-shirt. Unless you, well, yeah. <laughs> I have so this many. This is a less chalk on a T-shirt. Highest bidder. So there's loads of money in it in America, then. Like it's definitely lucrative over there. Even just to be online, being a competitive eater, you're making more money than us eaters in the UK. There's only like three of us here in the UK, that, or four, three or four of us over here in the UK that do it. And then over in the US, there are so many. And they're, I think it's called a CPN is far higher. They make more money per view, essentially. Um, and their advertisers are far better. They pay more money to be advertised on channels. And so it's far more lucrative over there to um, make content. Wow, I'll never have guessed that at all. I know a lot of their sort of the weightlifting competitions and things, they have quite big prizes over there as well. I suppose they do everything bigger and better, don't they? Food <laughs> in states, yes. So what's next for you then? Have you got anything lined up that you're especially excited about or is it just kind of lockdown stopped a lot of the main challenges because restaurants are closed? Or? Tell you what, lockdown has stopped. TV. Uh, there were some talks of TV shows that I was supposed to be taking part in um, and I was really excited for it. And then coronavirus came and shook the world and it's not happening anymore. Um, so everything's basically on hold at the moment. I, um, I've got a lot of cool projects coming up because I've been kind of afforded the opportunity of a lockdown to sort of have um, so many independent businesses reach out and us arranging to do challenges throughout so for me it's kind of exciting because I get to sort of diversify what I do and so I'm looking forward to that like I'm looking forward to doing something a little bit different I'm I'm not really 
liking the idea of just being at McDonald's and KFC and Burger King, like that to me is not fun. I really like to do like more world foods, like sushi or like the Burns night, love doing that. Or like somebody suggested me doing a, is it St. David's Day in Wales in March? Um, They do a special type of, um, celebration dinner and I was recommended to do that so I guess if I can add some value and education into my channel I guess that's what I'll sort of focus on next cool sounds nice yeah I, I tell you what every time I watch your channel and I see you start eating these foods it really does make me just want to go out and go to a supermarket and buy the shelf and just be like right I'm going to sit and eat all these but I have tried it I tried it once I filmed it and I was going to publish it, and then I was just like, I can't do it. I just, I got, I think it was going to be ten thousand calories every day, which is shameful compared to the things that you've been eating. You can do that in like one sitting, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. And I think I got six thousand calories before I felt like I was going to die. <laughs> I, was just, I can't do this. I was just like laying on. The, I was half a cheesecake in, and I was just laying on the couch like, no, I'm done. I can't. I'm tapping out. Yeah, I think people, um, it's quite commendable that people do try, but I get those comments a lot. Like, I'm hungry now. Like watching people eat a lot of food makes people hungry, which to be fair, the best comments that come is like, because of your channel, my daughter now eats all of her food on a plate. And so to know that young children are actually like learning to sort of clean their plate is really nice. I mean, I grew up with a mum that kind of snapped us if we didn't eat all our dinner. So yeah, I think I think it's really good. That obviously benefits to it. There's also the gluttony side, which is not great. Um, but people learn very quickly that there is we are wired differently as competitive eaters. We are definitely able to, and we've got more incentive. We've got far more incentive to finish a meal than anybody else. We've got our, our name and reputation on the line. We've got sort of, uh, we could be going up against another competitive eater that we're compared to a lot and we can't lose to them because we can't lose face. And we're very proud and stiff of the lift over here in the UK. And losing is not an option. So I guess it, it is a, it's far different for me to sit down and eat a meal than somebody else do the same thing. It was the same with the whole, the Eddie Hall challenge. I couldn't understand why he was so quick to quit at one point. And I was sort of encouraging him to keep going, but he's got nothing to prove. He's got nothing to benefit. He's Eddie Hall, you know, like you get to that level. You're like, nah, I don't want any more. You keep going. <laughs> right. Did he, did he get close to beating you or was he, was he fully done? Because maybe he just thought, I've got no chance of winning. I think you need to watch the videos. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I'll go watch. Yeah. Like, the, the Eddie Hall videos are some of the most loved videos, I think, that I've published. And it's the one that people are like, I love that. And I think it's just the pure difference in sizes between us. Like, he, he dwarfs me. Like, he actually makes me look, look like a child next to him. So I think that, that is like the biggest surprise because people associate big people with big portions and that's not always the case. Especially in Strongman when you've got people who you know are eating a lot of calories over a day, for example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think the first one I watched of you was when the, I think it was the fish and chip shop box ones you did. Because I think yeah. you've done a couple of them with him. Oh, that was the, yeah, the um, only jerky and that was chicken and chips. Yes, yeah, that was it. And um, I think he even looked surprised it was yeah. more like the watching you eat and I was just like, what? Uh, yeah, I was. I don't even think he expected it. I thought he's going to look at you and go, yeah, there's no chance I'm going to eat you under the table. And then once you finish that first box, I think that was a realisation of, yeah, no chance. I was surprised by it because I assumed, because I, I reached out to him and I kind of said, look, I think that we'd be really great making content together. Um, and we can do the sort of training and eating type style videos. I think it'd be cool. And he said, yeah, it looks good, blah, blah, blah. And we, like I'd sent him all of my social media like handles and thought that he'd like seen what I've done. Like I've done some really like ridiculous challenges in the past. So when he was surprised, I thought, oh, maybe people think that what I do is not legit. Like maybe people actually think that I am not 100%, but no, I am. <laughs> he learned that first time. Yeah, so looking at his face, I think he definitely learned that first time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I guess um, in a way it kind of legitimizes like what you do. It's like being a strongman at home and being a strongman on stage is like two completely different things, isn't it? 
the strong man at home could be as strong, but you never know until they're like head to head. Yeah, it's um, certainly watching some of them, and I just think it must. Some of them just must be so daunting to you, though. Just look at. I mean, there was the um, the breakfast one where it was the loaf sliced horizontally, and you had everything oh, yeah, yeah, inside yeah. it. I mean, that th- yeah, yeah. did that not just as soon as that would be put in front of me. I think I, exactly what you said earlier. The doubt would be in my head straight away. I'd be like, "There's way too much bread, let alone anything else that's stuffed inside it." Um, in my mind, I knew that people had done it before um i knew that other competitive eaters had done it before and i knew that i am a far quicker eater than anybody else in the uk so that is my confidence so that's how i weigh it up i think if this person's been able to do it and it comes out looking exactly the same which means it's about the same weight it gives me a rough idea of what time i'm shooting for and i just go for that time and it was unfortunate because when I went to do it, um, I was just getting over um, what I think was coronavirus. Um, I say just getting over, I recovered from it and I didn't have any sense of smell or taste. And so I, when you're recovering from that, flavour fatigue hits you like so much quicker. So I really did struggle with that challenge. But I still knew that if I kept my head in the game, I could do it. Um, the there have been some challenges where I have been in a situation where I'm working for a company doing a challenge and it's come out so much bigger than I'd ever anticipated. And in my head, I'm like, I don't want to be a diva. I don't want to throw a strap. I don't want to be difficult. I'm just going to go for it and hope for the best. And it's, there've been a couple of times I've been like very hit and miss, but managed to get through it and like hold the composure and like end the video and, for me, the most important thing is remaining as professional as I possibly can without being difficult on set because I know that that is just nothing worse. So is there, is there any challenge that currently eludes you that you've tried and you just failed that you just say, I've got, I've got to get that? Um, I failed one challenge um, in Leicester. Uh, it's a curry challenge. There are five curries, five naan breads and... Uh, a mixed grill, like the one where you went head. I've head seen head. this one. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've definitely this seen that one. video was really difficult for me to post. I almost didn't. Um, I was, I was just. It was difficult because I think the whole situation was just totally off. I know that other competitive eaters had done this challenge before, so I knew that I could do it. Um, but my circumstance was so different. So I was in this pub, it's full of people watching. We had this crew, cameras, lights on you. It was boiling hot and you were eating curry and had a long sleeve top on and I am boiling. And so when that starts getting into your head, all sorts of things start going. I think 15 minutes in, I felt like I feel good. In 20 minutes, I can do this challenge easy. Beating the record by 10 minutes. And I felt like that was about right. But I got to like the last... I think I had one paratha and like a bit of chicken from the mixed grill left, like four chunks or five chunks. Watch it back. It's all on there. Um, And I just couldn't eat it. I just couldn't do it. I felt horrific. So I feel like if I did it again, daylight, daytime, take it on whilst I'm still like awake and hungry, um, I feel like it would be fine. I'd be able to do it in a pretty respectable time. But yeah, that was something. Were they really hot, those curries then? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm good with spicy food, but one of the curries was hot. Um, Another difficulty that was with that one is that you could pick which curries you wanted to eat. So Yeah, yeah, I would go for, like, the fish-based curries because they're so much lighter than, like, the lamb or the chicken. And if you're eating a mixed grill as well, you'd go for the lighter curries, the veggie curries, etc. But I think I was given um, a lamb curry, uh, something with spinach, a chicken, uh, a lentil, which I would not have chosen. And yeah, heavy, really heavy. And something else. Um, they were tasty, but they were filling. And I think if I had chosen different curries, it would have been a different story altogether. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I was so I was so wounded. I had to drive back from Leicester feeling so gutted that I couldn't do it. 
Uh, so a bit of a rubbish one, but I'll take a look at that video as well. So with ter in terms of not your best day out on that one, um, one of the other things I wanted to go on, because I think they've seen with some of the professional eaters, they often get asked about uh, maybe any horror shows. So is there any been particular story at, that you've seen or that you, has happened to you where you've just had a bit of a, a nightmare or a horror show at one of the competitions? Um, yeah. <laughs> I've all had these experiences. Um, had a pretty terrible experience. I was offered an amazing opportunity to fly to Japan and take part in a Japanese TV show. Oh. And I was flown out. It was two days after my brother's wedding. And I know I was trying to plan it so that I could do both. Um, I got to Japan. I was only there for two days. And the day after I landed, so you're still jet lagged. The day after I landed, I was rushed off to set somewhere, somewhere in Tokyo. Um, and I just remember that I was sat on a... Like a it looked like a tour bus. It was like an RV type place. I was sat on there for ages getting my hair and makeup done. And they brought us onto set like a really last minute. I had an interpreter because not many people spoke English. And I was just told that you were going to be given like a big plate of food and you're going to go up against uh, an ex pro footballer and an ex sumo wrestler. Uh, I knew it was going to be sumo wrestler. I just knew it. Yeah. <laughs> And then when I turned up, it was actually myself in the middle against two sumo wrestlers and two ex-professional footballers. Um, no, tell, tell a lie. One sumo, one ex-football player, and then two comedians. Or I think one of the comedians used to be a football player or something like that. Um, anyway, so it was we're all taking on the same meal. It was a massive meal of british foods made in japan in this like right. club, which was underground it was all very small and very like dark and each person had like a camera on them and then we had like 20 runners so you had like loads of lights loads of cameras loads of runners and we were on this long bench where i was sat in the middle oh god i can't believe i'm telling you the story it's awful um that's why i asked yeah so the food came out and it was, when I tell you that it was daunting, it was the biggest plate of food that I've ever seen in front of me. Bearing in mind, I am not a big fan of, I mean, we, we spoke about this earlier, I'm not a big fan of fish and chips. I'm not a big fan of scotch eggs. I'm not a big fan of Cornish pasties. That's like my, my worst of the worst if I was to pick food. Um, sorry, guys, whoever is into that type of stuff, but I wasn't really brought up with like typical British foods. I was more brought up with like, my Latin American mum's concoctions of like, I don't know what, spice and whatnot. Um, so I was sat there and I thought, you know what, be professional, exactly what I said before, just crack on with it, you know, don't moan, don't complain. Um, and they told me that this plate was around four kilograms and that is like my top end of the scale of what I can eat. Obviously, I don't go that far because you risk then being sick. Your body will just be sick. Um, but I thought if I just keep it together and go at a pace where like my body's comfortable, then it might be fine. And often it is fine. Um, so it's a lot of very heavy foods. And when I tell you this scotch egg had like three, it was a scotch egg. <laughs> it was it was like this. It had three whole eggs inside. Oh, and wow. chips. And then the Cornish pasty was like the size of half the plate with like whole sausages inside. Like, it was the most bizarre take on British food that I'd ever seen, like, all supersized. Um, so I started eating, and then these guys, like, every, like, 15 minutes, they were getting up and going to the toilet and coming back and stuff. And I'm like, wait, what? this is not a challenge if you can just get up and go. Like, that's not fair. So they, there was no clock or anything that I could see to sort of gauge how long we'd been eating. They're all talking in Japanese. I have no idea what's going on. And I just feel myself, I'm dazing out. Bearing in mind, I've eaten, let's say, three quarters of this plate. I'm onto the Cornish pasties, the only thing I have left on that. And I don't want to eat it. Like the flavors are making me feel really, really awful. So I'm like, they said, eat as much as you're comfortable with. And then we'll end the show and we'll say that you won and blah, blah, blah. Because these guys, They've not eaten anything off their plate, hardly. Like a quarter of the 
And I say a quarter, probably an eighth or a tenth of what the plate was. What? I'm looking down, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm definitely winning. So I'm going to slow down and, and just do little, uh, like, mouthfuls of food. And then I called my interpreter over because I was like, I need to know how much time is left so that I can sort of end this gracefully, you know? Um, and he didn't really know. Then they called three minutes. And I thought, okay, great. Three minutes left. I'll just, like, eat, do, like, a few mouthfuls. And then I had to stop because I felt like I was going to be sick. Like I felt at this point, I'm hot. I feel really nauseous. I kept dazing in and out. And um, <laughs> basically, next thing I know, I'm on the floor. I've woken up. The lights are off. I had passed out. I completely blacked out. I was sick. I had my my head on like this famous dude's shoulder. Like I like was completely out of it. Um, oh and they rushed me to A&E, and that was my Japanese film, like video, like TV debut, <laughs> kind of. Did they, did they let you win still? And they, they cut the show. They had oh, to wrap no. the whole thing. So then I, wow. I had a very, I was, I felt really terrible. I felt very disappointed in myself. But looking back, it was more. That was all stacked against you, to be honest. They lacked professionalism. And they didn't let me stop when I said enough was enough. They kept pushing for more, adding more time onto the time and, and like trying to encourage me to eat more. But the problem is when you push your body to a certain point, you're out. So I was rushed to hospital and I had a ton of tests and they were all like really confused as to what happened. And the, I had a scandal on my stomach and he said, I've never seen anybody with a stomach like yours. I've never seen anybody's stomach inflate like yours did. And he said, what happened is that you didn't have much oxygen down there and you'd eaten so much that all the oxygen from your head, from your brain, had rushed your stomach to digest food. And so it was like that big shock to the system. And I just... Wow. And I that was a thing. Jeez. So you, your body needs... Um, energy to burn food it needs the ability to to do it so <laughs> basically if you're lacking oxygen in your air like i was down underground in this situation where there's loads of people and not a lot of oxygen and you're eating a ton of food and your body's trying to process all of this food and yeah it just took that and, and the well stuff. made for a good story in the end so that was good <laughs> it really did I just didn't, like, I felt really embarrassed that I didn't ever want to tell anyone. And I ended up telling my Instagram audience what had happened um, just because I felt like they knew I was in Japan and they knew I was filming for something. But then I didn't say anything. I just kind of returned to the UK, tried to get myself back. I had shoots booked for the following week. I had to push out because I was just not feeling well at all. So um, once that jet lag was over and the embarrassment was over and I kind of recovered from like my own demons, then I was like, you know what? People need to know that things don't always go well and to your favour. That's absolutely insane. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't even know what to follow on from that one. That was absolutely insane. I feel like whatever direction I go in, it's never going to top that story. It's such a damn nerd. It really is. When you went, you said you went to uni to do architecture, is that right? Yes. Right. Yeah, and you were interior design. So yeah. you said um, that you were sat having your makeup and everything done and you were in Japan. At what point did it sort of hit you that this is, this is happening and that you're going to become this professional eater and that, that sort of realisation that this isn't what I went to uni to do and this isn't what I was planning on doing, but look where I am now. Because, I mean, that must be, for normal people, they're not going to be sat in a studio with lights and people running around putting makeup on them. And Yeah. Um, I guess I still haven't had that realisation. I don't really feel like what I do is, like, ideal. I feel like it's I'm on my way to being kind of where I want to be with it all. But I think at the moment I'm just kind of navigating life, like bumping into walls and, like, just trying to make things work. Um, but I felt like college, university, career, house, mortgage, blah, 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 that was like the way to, to be and to go. And 
I was really very much going that way. I I've done everything the right way, you know what I mean? And my life kind of just got turned onto its head and shaken and I fell out of it and kind of in a way landed on my feet because I'm very um opportunistic. Um I like to sort of take a hold of whatever's offered to me and just try things. Um but I'm very fortunate in the respect that I have a very supportive family. My parents have always been like, look, try it. It doesn't work out, you find something else. So I've always had the um, support system to say the worst thing that could happen is that you, you fail, but you, then you find you're very much closer to what you are good at or where you are meant to be. Um, but yeah, I don't know that, that I've reached that yet. I find that at the moment I'm a bit of a show, like a show pony. I don't really like that. I like, I don't, I don't really like to, I like to be seen. Oh God, this is so weird to try and explain. Um, if I was offered an opportunity to go like do a woman versus food, let's talk about it like this. If I was offered an opportunity to be a host for a TV show called Girl versus Food or Woman versus Food, and they were like, we're going to, travel around the world we're going to eat these amazing meals we're going to talk about culture and talk about food and you're going to be the presenter of this great thing i mean you've seen how man versus food did it we all love adam richmond no one will ever replace oh, him ever. like so much. best ever so if i could become that if i could be that that is awesome like let's do it but if this morning called me and were like we'll put you up in a hotel in london if you would eat this big meal on live tv i don't like that because i feel like that's exploitative of an ability that you can and it's very much like a circus act but it's then, a bit superficial yeah like, and your show would be if you did a show like that then it would be a lot more meaningful it'd be lasting rather than just like a quick snippet yes so like quality and information and value and culture and education all wrapped into one rather than just like here this chick this is how much she weighs this is how much she can eat here she is like that to me is just like no i don't want to do that like not for any amount of money really that's fair that's fair it's um yeah it's good to see that it's not just a, a money-making scheme for you and you're not just like well i'll just do whatever comes along and you know no i i genuinely really enjoy making content and i really enjoy the food challenge side of it and i guess if you talk to any sportsman about what their favorite thing is to do it's a thing that they are talented at that people give them accolade for and that they can win so nobody's going to do something they're really rubbish at and lose all the time and then just keep doing it like it's there's no motive or incentive in that um it's not easy trying to make money from the internet i would say you do need to have a thing that people want to see, um, but you're also very, very dispensable. So it's something to always bear in mind if that is, um, if you're thinking that it's just like a, <laughs> it's like the big break. It's not. It's like, it's like the climb to the big break. They're giving you the opportunities to be able to go and do the things you want to do and create the content you want to create. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what we normally do when we wrap up because I think we've taken up a lot of your time already. Oh, um, wrap okay. I don't want to uh, keep you too long, especially on a Friday night. Um, <laughs> what advice would you give your younger self? Oh my gosh. Um, I, I'm guessing that it's probably very cliche, but trust your gut, because I always second guess myself. And it took me a long time to become confident about who it is that I am and so it's like maybe a twofold thing trust yourself and your instinct and have more confidence in that because that's I think what I lack growing up it's perfect and I don't think we're going to stop the story of Japan anyway so uh, (laughs) that was just unreal absolutely what I asked yeah never prepare myself for that yeah so Chris have you got anything else you want to add I'm all good Been, uh, been a lot of fun Thank you so much, guys. It's been yeah. a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for spending the time with us and uh, taking the time out of uh, what is lockdown still, annoyingly. Yeah. yeah. 2.0. Yeah. That's all we needed, isn't it? As an extra one to add on to. <laughs> yeah. For good measure, we'll stick you in another one. Yeah, exactly.
everyone knows that the third film is always the best, right? Oh, oh God, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I said this before and someone said, yeah, Shrek. And I was like, all right, don't use these things against me. No, but... <laughs> that sounds pretty wrong. Shrek. <laughs> Shrek's the best one, right? First one? Yeah, 100%. They're always the best. The first one's always the best, right? Always the best. Being introduced to like an epic storyline and some incredible characters are always going to be the best. Although I'm going to say something out here that people will probably say is wrong, but I think Home Alone 2 is better than the first one. Uh, you're wrong. <laughs> Do you know what I think it is? I think I've just seen it so much now. Yeah. I'm watching the second one because it's not as often shown. Yeah, actually, good point. I think that obviously when things get replayed, they just lose their gravity, don't they? Get too used to it. Yeah, I did hear they were going to remake it, so I really hope they're not going to. Oh, I hope not. Sure. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin needs some money. <laughs> <laughs> he spent it all on something, didn't he? All on something. You won't name any names. <laughs> right, Chris, where can we find you? Mackenzie.strength. And Leah, where can we find you? Search my name, Leah Shakiva. I'm the only one in the world. You'll find me. All right, guys, thank you very much for joining us. You can uh, obviously find all of our old previous podcasts on www.letstalkaboutit.co.uk. And thank you very much for watching. We'll catch you again soon. <laughs>